0: You're listening to COSAM Talks, the monthly podcast for Auburn University's College of Sciences and Mathematics. Thank you for joining us for another episode of COSAM Talks. I'm your host, Philip Coxwell. And this month, our guest is Nick Soltis, the first student to be awarded a PhD in Earth System Science. How are you today, Nick?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me, Philip.
0: Well, it's good to have you on. Uh, so, to begin with, uh, I noticed that you said, because uh, we've we've done an article about you graduating uh, with this degree, and you said that growing up, you always had an interest in science. Well, was there anything specific that you were interested in, or was it just general, you know you like the bugs and insects like most kids?
1: Yeah, yes, yeah. so I grew up um in western Pennsylvania about an hour outside of Pittsburgh. so it was pretty woodsy, pretty rural. Um, I'm lucky that my dad has always been really into science, and as a kid, he'd always have us outside, you know, uh, checking out rocks, checking out bugs, checking out trees, all that good stuff, so that always kind of drove my interest, and through school, like, you do the thing as a kid where you get these really intense interests in things like space, flags, whatever, you know, I went through different phases, but it always kind of came back to things that involve, like, the earth itself. Um, so that's really kind of where my interest from science came from.
0: So growing up, did you, did you take vacations to specific places where you, you may have experienced some of the, uh, the things that you were interested in like this?
1: You know, we went to the beach every year, um, And that was cool, but I never really, we didn't go to like national parks or anything. We were kind of a little bit of homebodies, creatures of habit, where we went to the same places over and over again. So a lot of the things, you know, the whole national park scene, I didn't see until I started grad school. So no, wasn't a huge traveler as a kid.
0: Okay. Well, the reason I ask is because being, uh, being interested in the earth and Earth with your degree earth system science one of the first things that comes to my mind because i have been there and it was just one of the most amazing places i've ever witnessed was the grand canyon mm-hmm. and uh, have have you been to the grand canyon
1: yeah i have been to the grand canyon um i have family that lives in arizona so we took one trip when i was young and went out there and yeah it's it's incredible it's like any, unlike anything you'll ever see um it really,
0: it really is
1: yeah, going back with your thing about things being impactful, like that, those trips to the beach, so they weren't super exotic. Like I've always felt a really strong connection to the ocean, um, I think, from those trips. And even still, when I go to the field and I go to crazy places like Iceland or wherever, it's like I always want to go to the beach mm. um, and sit on that beach and be near the ocean and just kind of feel that connection with it. So the ocean's always been kind of really impactful. Even though I'm not an oceanographer, it still is something that I'm always like as a geoscientist drawn back to is kind of the ocean. I mean, it's, it's trite to say, but like, we carry seawater in our blood. The chemistry is almost the same. Like there's just something about the ocean that as a scientist just fascinates me so much.
0: Right. The ocean calls to you.
1: It does. Yeah. It really does.
0: Yeah. Like, like the old time sailors, the ocean calls to you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh after high school and everything, you ended up at NC state. What, what took you there? What made you make that decision?
1: Yes, it was, it was a long journey. So in college, I actually decided to uh, study uh, education, science ed. Um, I couldn't commit to one branch of science. And in a lot of schools, including Pennsylvania, geology isn't really part of the curriculum. So it wasn't a world I really knew that well. Um, So doing science ed, let me kind of do all the sciences and I didn't have to commit to one. I got to teach, which is something I've always been really excited about. I worked at summer camps through college, high school. So like teaching and working with kids is always something really important to me. So I taught for six years in Ohio. Um, I taught eighth grade science for a year and then five years teaching math and science for fifth and sixth graders. And I loved it, but I missed doing science. Um, so during that time, you know, as a teacher, you do your professional development and you can either just do random things or actually put it towards a degree. So I was a glutton for punishment. I did two degrees. I picked up a master's in science ed, and then I missed the science. I did a master's in geoscience through Mississippi State. And kind of after doing that, it's like, I don't know where I want to go next. I don't want to be an administrator. I don't want to be a principal. I don't want to be a superintendent. And as a teacher, that's kind of, if you're into trajectory, that's the only place you can go. Mm -hmm. I always kind of wanted to be a professor and thought maybe someday I'd do a PhD in science and I started researching and realizing, you know, you can do your traditional science ed PhD, which is cool. There's lots of great programs, but there's also kind of this emerging movement or field in the geosciences of geoscience ed, where you do like your proper geology degree, but your research is geared towards um, how people teach and learn the geosciences. That was really kind of the perfect way to blend two things. And like I said, it's kind of a new field, so it's a very small field. Probably all the people who, you know, are doing that at universities or taking graduate students, I, I know all of them. Like, it's, it's that small of a field. Um, so I started doing my research and, like, kind of investigating that, and, you know, Uh, One of the big things I remember from, you know, college and I tell you about grad school and you're half listening is always reach out to people and figure out, you know, what the deal is, what their vibe is, what they do, like, do you want to work with them? So I, you know, at that point in my life was shameless. It was just reaching out to everyone, trying to get some information. And I found that people were a lot more forthcoming than I expected or a lot more helpful And they were a lot more enthusiastic about me than I thought they'd be. I thought people were not gonna be interested in me just being this teacher with this dog and pony show in Eastern Ohio, like, who is this guy? You know, sometimes you think about like grads as being this linear path where, well, you do your undergrad, you go straight to a master's program, you do wonderful, amazing things and write papers, and then people, maybe you go to a PhD program. And that very much was not my experience. Um, So I didn't think there would be a lot of interest. But there was. So, you know, I realized this could be a possibility. So I made a really difficult decision that, you know, I had this opportunity to go to, at that time, it was five places accepted me, uh, leave my job, leave my insurance, leave my house, leave my family, and kind of gone on a new adventure, which was appealing. uh, But it definitely was going to be a pretty big pay cut, um, a big move, lots of stress, all that stuff. Uh, But I decided, you know, um, I met Karen McNeil, who was at North Carolina State at the time. We really clicked. I went and visited over my spring break. I visited a few other places then, too. So, you know, it was a really good fit, a good vibe, someone I wanted to work with. So I called Karen the day before I committed and said, you know, I want to join you in NC State. She said, that's great. Uh, just a heads up, I might be leaving. <laughs> I can't tell you where, but just know that you'll be able to stay there or come with me. Um, and I think it's a testament to how good Karen is at what she does uh, well, first of all, the fact that she even would make arrangements with a place I didn't even know it was Auburn at the time to take a grad student who you have to pay. They don't just come for free. Um, but to make that commitment, she could just said, you know, sorry, it's not going to work. You're on your own. Figure something out. So I knew then that the fact that she took the time to do that, like it was going to be a really special relationship and a good person to work with. So I said, you know, keep me posted on what you're doing. I'll plan on being on, in Raleigh in the fall. Um, Eventually, she told me she took the job at Auburn. She was going to go to Auburn. Um, They had no problem in the department they were taking me. They just didn't have a PhD program at the time. Um, So that's how I ended up at NC State, kind of a long meandering story. Um, So I did a semester there. Tara and I overlapped for about four weeks um, because she started at Auburn in like October. Um, I visited two to three times during the course of that semester, just getting a feel for it you know she was very big on making sure I was comfortable. I knew what I was getting into, and ultimately, I felt you know I felt it was good I felt good about it, so I made the move to Alabama, which is something that I probably never thought I would have done
0: <laughs> so you said that when you got to Auburn, there was not a degree. Yeah. How, how long were you at Auburn before they started the earth science degree? Oh, that's
1: a good question. Yeah. So Auburn has a master's in geology, which is great. They had grad students there. So it wasn't like a complete, there's nothing for you. Um, but I think the Ph.D. process, so the way it works is there's this approval process for a public school. So it has to go through the state and like Alabama has to say, OK, you don't overlap with us too much. Like you're good. So like we knew it was in the works. It wasn't like some distant pipe dream. Uh, but I think let's say I got here in January of 2017. I don't think it started until fall of 2018. So there were two semesters in a summer where I was technically in science ed. And I really have to shout them out because Chris Schnick in particular, Um, As one professor there, she was wonderful about saying, you know, you can definitely come in under me. You know, you have to work the system. Geology will fund you. You'll teach in geology. But she really she served on my dissertation committee. She's been a great influence. But she really kind of put her foot out there to get me here. And that was super great. And it also, you know, gave me the opportunity to work both in the College of Ed and the College of Science and Math, which has been super synergistic and super helpful for the work I do. So yeah, things just kind of worked out and I'm really glad they worked out because it was, it was definitely a gamble, a little bit of a shot in the dark.
0: So starting out kind of with the College of Ed and COSAM, uh, working between the two at the beginning, uh, how did it change once they started the Earth System Science degree? Uh, I'm gonna make sure I'm saying that right. Uh, once they started that degree, did, did that relationship change? Did you just go to CoSAM or were you still working between the two?
1: Yeah, no, I still took a lot of classes in education. Uh, the College of Ed has, I, I think a lot of people think of the College of Ed as just teaching how to be a teacher. They have a lot of classes and research methods and a lot of the techniques they use in quantitative and qualitative research are doing geoscience at the techniques I use. So I still took classes. Two of the members of my dissertation committee were actually from the College of Education. And that's kind of a nice thing about this degree in Earth System Science is rather you're working, you know, with folks in forestry, engineering, education, you can really bring people together from a bunch of different parts of campus. And the cool thing is sometimes these people don't have the chance to work together. So this degree program really is cool that it brings a lot of people together and it's fostered a lot of really cool connections and synergies between departments, you know, that might not get the chance to interact that much. So that's been really kind of a neat thing about the program.
0: Yeah, that is really cool that it's it's more of a, not a one size, well, it's not just a degree that focuses on one thing, but a degree that you can tailor to focus on what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so while you were at Auburn, what was your focus?
1: Uh, so my focus and research wise is I study how we can use the geosciences to help undergraduate students understand complex systems. Uh, This idea of like systems, it transcends everything, right? There's educational systems, business systems. Lots of people are studying systems, but it's very kind of contrary to how we like to think. As humans, like to think of everything having direct cause and effect, very, very linear pathways. So we know things like businesses, which you can see through the whole pandemic right now, that there's a lot of outcomes from one event. At the same time, one event to be caused by a lot of outcomes interacting with feedbacks and stuff, which is humans, we tend to not like that complexity. Um, and in this context of the earth sciences, systems are so important. So I know we have these complex natural systems, right? So when the earth, We talk about the earth, right? We have the oceans, the atmosphere, the rocks, and then the life living on earth, right? You can't separate the four of them from each other, no matter how much you try no matter how much traditional science kind of is like, oh, no, this is biology class, we only talk about life, or this is geology class, we only talk about rocks. In reality, you can't do that. You have to understand all those things and how you interact and how those things interact. On top of that, you add humans into the mix, and they just kind of mess everything up, and that's how we get into all these issues of sustainability. And, you know, we can see in the news how when we talk about things like climate change, there's a lot of confusion about that. So that's due to misinformation. But a lot more of that is due to people just not really understanding all the players that are interacting when we talk about climate change. Um, and how climate change is something that exists on a lot of temporal and spatial scales. And again, it's controlled by a lot of complex feedbacks. It's not this direct linear thing where it's like, oh, I stopped driving my car, carbon goes down in the atmosphere, which is a very unsystems way to think about it. Um, so my research is all about how do we help people think about the earth as a system? Um And that includes studying how teachers actually, what teaching practices they're doing that might be effective in helping people do that. And also in working with students and trying to understand what are their perceptions of complex systems and kind of taking those two lines of research, how can we come together to make sure that we're getting students to conceive the earth as a system in a more kind of realistic way than kind of the oversimplified way a lot of times our brain wants to think of it. So that's kind of what my research is all about. So I, I say I'm really lucky because I get to do a lot of things. I don't have to get pigeonholed into any one thing. You know, my research pulls from oceanography, geology, education. Um, and so to me, that's really cool. And that's what's really fun and gets me excited about what I do. Oh,
0: yeah, that is really cool. It, that sounds interesting to me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of the pandemic, since you brought that up, uh, this past semester, uh, was your last semester at Auburn, right?
1: It was, yes.
0: And uh, I'm sure it was very interesting having uh, the first time anything like this has ever happened. What was it like for you?
1: Yeah, it was, it was really crazy. So, you know, to give you a little sense of the semester, I was finishing my dissertation, which fortunately a lot of it was done already. Um, I was interviewing for jobs. I was actually in California for an interview right before like everything shut down. I got back that weekend that spring break started when just everything started. Like, I think we finally got the magnitude of what was happening. Um, And then I was, I was teaching, you know, I was, um, I was teaching an online class. I was an easy transition. I was also teaching for in-person labs and we had really didn't have a contingency to get these labs online. So it was kind of navigating a lot of things at once. And plus, you know, a lot of places, you know, I've been applying to jobs since September and a lot of the interviews don't start until, you know, March, April. And there's just interviews that are on pause or we don't know. Or I had one that's like, we're going to interview you in two days, but then canceled it. So there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of a lot of stress. And then, you know, trying to figure out, you know, this new normal of how are we going to make a dissertation defense happen? Um, So I did that over Zoom. Um, it worked out. And even though it was crazy, it was nice. My parents are still in Pennsylvania were able to actually join in. My brother-in-law helped them use Zoom so they could actually see me defend, which wouldn't have happened otherwise. So, you know, there's some, you know, light behind the clouds, but yeah, it was it was really crazy. It's still kind of really crazy. Um, but we made it. You know, I've been impressed with my students online because I think, you know, it's a big ask for people who are teaching to make the change. I think it's an even bigger ask for the students because they're not only trying to navigate one class. They're four or five, six classes where they're trying to make this online transition uh, with faculty of various levels of facility and using the computer. So I know it was really, really tough for them. A lot of them are in tough situations where they're between places or, you know, they have to work to support their families during the pandemic when jobs are limited. So I just, I really have to shout out the undergrads during this pandemic because I think at least my students really kind of rose to this challenge that, you know, none of us could ever really anticipate. But yes, it was madness. It was madness.
0: (laughs) Well, that's pretty awesome with the, uh, with the students. I know we, we have a lot of great students in COSAM and I don't know if you were just teaching COSAM students, but, uh, I know they, they tend to do that. They tend to rise to the occasion.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: So with all the uncertainty now, and I know with graduation kind of being postponed and, uh, are you planning to come back and walk in August?
1: We'll see. There's a lot up in the air right now and, and a lot of fronts. Um, Yeah. So like I mentioned, I've been applying for, you know, teaching jobs, faculty jobs at different universities. So everyone's kind of up in the air. You know, will there be classes? Will things be online? Will I be making a cross-country move or will I be getting, you know, there's a lot. So tentatively, if there is a graduation, I'd like to walk in it, do, you know, kind of my final walk, get my hood, all that good stuff. But um, lots of stuff up in the air and you know, like getting my parents here. Like, I don't know if it's safe for them to come and, you know, there's just a lot. So tentatively, yes, but I'm pretty, I've learned to be pretty flexible.
0: Right. I, th- I think we all have now. Yeah. <laughs> so it, even with the cer the uh, uncertainty about the future and everything, what plans do you have or what, what hopes do you have for your future?
1: Yeah. So I mean, I've been pretty lucky on the job, (laughs) regardless of other situations, but um, my goal is to get, you know, tenure-track university at a a more teaching-focused institution. Teachings, like I mentioned, always been a passion of mine, and my research is just so synergistic with the teaching that those types of institutions really kind of make sense for me, but, you know, I left everything to come on an adventure to Auburn. I'm ready to pretty much do that again and go on the next adventure, so it's, it's exciting. It's stressful. There's a lot going on, but, you know, We'll all get through this. Everything will work out in the end, but I know the right jobs out there and someday, you know, we'll hit it.
0: Let me ask you one more thing before we close out today. Uh, If there was a student out there or a possible PhD student looking at all the degrees at Auburn and came across this Earth System Science degree uh, and they might be interested in it, what, what one piece of advice might you give them?
1: advice i would say you know if you feel an inkling that that's your thing i would definitely do it uh you'll meet incredible people doing that program both in terms of faculty and students unlike a lot of the other programs on campus because it's so interdisciplinary you meet so many interesting people people who are in your home department uh, people who might do work that's very very different from you um, including faculty who do things that are very very different from you so i mean it's a great chance to make connections and i'd say if you do that program take advantage of every connection you make. Cause I think it's very unlikely you'll ever be in a setting where you can make so many unique connections. So I think that's really kind of one of the biggest things you can take out of that program.
0: Awesome. That's good advice. Well, thank you again, Nick, for joining us this month. Yeah, thank
1: you so much for having me. It's been great.
0: Yeah, it's, it has been a great conversation. Uh, and I hope you have uh, a good, Good luck with your future. Um, Good luck with your job interviews. I I hope they they do happen soon. Um, I hope we are able to kind of come out of this into a new normal and things can pick back up. Uh, And yeah, just thank you again for joining us.
1: Thank you.